Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode presented by the Bardic College of Cthulhu in Cairo. Uh, I'll be your keeper for the evening, Raz, and I'm here with my uh, stalwart adventurers and uh, players who I'm very proud of, and they're doing a great job so far, and this is episode uh, seven, I believe. So uh, why don't we start with uh, Joel? Joel is playing... The mustachioed Sid Poulter. Joel, what do we, uh, what can you tell us real quick about Sid? Sid's a fix it kind of guy. He's an engineer. He's the guy that you want by your side. If you uh, need how to figure out how to mechanically get into something, fix a weapon that's not working, basic engine and anything involving engineering and that sort of thing. He's a World War I veteran. He's a game player. He comes from California and he's looking to rock. All right. Uh, That's excellent. So uh, we also have uh, Melinda playing Faye Dawson, our explorer. Melinda, what can you tell us about Faye? Faye is a native New Yorker. She is an explorer, takes after her father. Um, She's very adventurous. She's very curious. And we'll see what happens with our poor girl this round. (laughs) There we go. And one of uh, my oldest uh, daughter is playing... uh, the nurse Catherine Ross. That's by Lauren. Lauren, uh, tell everybody at home what what Catherine's like. So Catherine Ross is the medic on this team, but don't let that fool you. She's a hell of a shot and a little trigger happy. Um, <laughs> her alignment is lawful neutral because uh, she's not here for any of this occult BS. Just wants to go home. Well, we have an we have an alignment for someone in the Call of Cthulhu world. That's excellent. Um, yeah. My other my other one, uh, Kayla Grigoletti, is playing Aveline Hammond. Much to know about Aveline, but what can you actually tell us at this point, Kayla? Just that she is feeling everybody out right now. She's got some things to hide, some things to reveal in the future. And even though she may seem kind of two-dimensional right now, she will definitely reveal her true colors sometime at this point during the campaign. So I look forward with that. Yeah, I don't find her two-dimensional at all. Matter of fact, with her fist in her mouth, I find her... Very three-dimensional. Three-dimensional. I, I still don't like the fact that you did that, Keeper. Still don't like it. You did that. <laughs> She's doing a quality cubist right now. <laughs> and last but not least, our stalwart investigator from a previous campaign, previous uh, set of uh, adventures, uh, Scott is playing Professor John Schooley. What do we know about John? We know that uh, John is a uh, Canadian veteran of World War One, a man of the books. He's a learned professor. He is... Uh, uh, works at uh, the University of Lisbon, loves history, everything about it, but uh, also has a bit of a mysterious side himself. Uh, something, uh, something to do with uh, which require, requires a bit of international travel, uh, international investigation, and uh, we'll see where that uh, leads us uh, down the road. Nice. Okay, so when we last left everybody off, um, the group had been, if you were able to catch the previous episodes with us, you found that the group actually had, uh, each group had its own episode. Uh, the first episode was uh, Professor Schooley, Catherine Ross, and Aveline Hammond, and they had gone into the house checking on the per- Percival Reese and his uh, family, found the house to be dark, some definite signs of a struggle and, and distress, made their way up the stairs and came upon a 
gruesome and terrible scene of a mummification literally in the process of happening. There was a man with a large Anubis head on, some sort of mask that he could see through the neck of it. It was this tall, tall, made himself look very tall. He was actually prepping the body. Percival Reese's wife and, and daughter were being forced to make the strips of um, of linen and dip them into the hot wax to, to make this, this mixture. A firefight broke out. A spell was cast and Aveline Hammond fell to the ground, clutching at her throat. Some creature or something had materialized in her throat and she was having a hard time breathing. She stuck her hand in to try to make herself vomit, try to retch it out and felt as if her fingers had been grabbed and started to pull her own digits down her through past her, you know, her, her esophagus. She literally trying to, and she now has up to her, her wrist is in her mouth. The second group, Sid and Faye Dawson, encountered a woman in the woods who they finally figured out was Rose Edith Kelly, the first wife of Alistair Crowley. They had a brief vision. Something mystical occurred for a few moments, and then they heard sounds coming from the house that startled them. They ran back, and after running into somebody who had been tied up and hogtied in the kitchen for reasons of the first group in, you know, coming in, co- in contact with him, made their way upstairs and are now joined in this what's left of this melee and this brutal scene. And that's where we'll pick up. So the groups are back together. Aveline, we know that right now you're choking. Uh, why don't we go ahead and finish our, we'll have to just throw quick together initiative rolls because everybody came in at different, not rolls, but uh, numbers. Everybody came in at different sort of different times because of the way that we split the adventure up. So um, we'll go from my side. Sid, what's your decks? 40. 40. And Faye? 85. And Catherine? 55. And Aveline? 65. Okay, and John. Forty. So, Aveline, you're still having this this choking effect. Your eyes, your face is turning, you know, it's puffing. It's starting to turn blue. Your eyes are literally rolling up into your skull. Snot is starting to come pour out of your nose. It's the that choking reflex of when you're coughing and you can't seem to clear it. Phlegm is being made. It's just, and your fist is going further and further down. You can't seem to get control of yourself. You fall backwards on the floor. Your legs are still sitting, you're, you were kneeling down, and you go back, so you now are, you know, looking like you're in a limbo pose, but your one arm is frantically trying to grab and clutch at things, and you're still suffocating. Catherine, what do you want to try to do? Okay, the people that I've been shooting at and dealing with, don't I have a guy trying to come at me with a sword? He ran past you? Okay. And was incapacitated outside the room by Faye Dawson. and. That was the one that Faye headbutted. Okay. So I immediately like drop the gun. I have my medical bag on me. I run to Aveline and I try as gently as possible to restrain her one arm. And I start rifling through my bag for something that I think is going to help her. I'm going to try to drug her because she's freaking out. I need to calm her down so I can, you know, work with her. Okay, so what are you going to do? An injector with something? Yeah, that's that's okay. my idea. Because okay. if I'm going to... Her hand is in there. If I try and pull, it's going to, one, freak her out, and two, I might cause her more harm than good. So let's okay. knock her out. Catherine, the problem with... Yep. with the only problem I see, foresee is, is that there's a hand swinging. You're trying to hold her hand back uh-huh. and rummage through your bag for a, a hypodermic and a bottle of medicine. Yeah, I'm going to need some help. You're going to need your hands... To, to make do sure the... that's right. So mm-hmm. you sc- you scream out. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, like someone come help me, help me. Okay. The next one will be Faye. I immediately react and I go over and I just say, "Jesus Christ, what the hell is going? Why is her hand in her mouth? What is going on?" 
She's eating her own hand. I need you to restrain this arm. Catherine goes completely calm. Okay. Faye, give me a strength check. Nine off from a success, but I'm going to burn the luck. Aveline, give me a roll. 62. Okay. Strength is a 65. So you made it, and you made it by three points under your number where Faye just made her number. So it is, an, it is a wrestling match. Okay, that is so close. So, Faye, you have taken both your hands and your body weight, and you're almost looking like you're trying to do an arm lock on her other hand, but her fingers are clutching into your hair, and she is just grabbing on, and you can feel the whole strength of her in your, the knotting your hair. So, when somebody knows that they're not going to survive, that they're not making it, the strength, because they're going to go off the charts for a few seconds. They're literally, she's got everything left, all the less oxygen in her blood is pumping as fast as it can, trying to keep her going. And she's got your head and you're trying to hold onto her arm. We'll go over to, uh, we'll call it out. We'll go to Sid first. So right, Sid, I mean... you, you see the, you see the high priest. John's got guns pointed. He's start, starting to bring his guns up. You see that as you walk in, the two women jump to Aveline. There's only the high priest and the two women. The mother is covering the child over, screaming, you know, like just frantically screaming with no rhyme or reason to words. Just so John is John shooting this guy or John's literally he's you see the triggers pulling back the hand like the time starts to slow for a second right from the shot of the camera. And you see these two hammers coming back and they're they're starting to snap forward. What do you do? Uh, I yell for him not to kill him because we need to get information out of him. Okay, well, that's simultaneous. So you hear, John, wait! Right. <laughs> the two shots. So, John, go ahead and make your roll. That's a success. Okay, what about the second one? That is also a success. Yeah, knock it out. Yeah, that's because um, it's for each of them, right? Yeah. All right, so that's 16 points of damage. Okay, so, and he had already been shot and bleeding from the shoulder. He's ejected right. through the bay window. <laughs> you hear a scream. <laughs> Okay. And John looks at you and kind of goes, uh-oh. Like, like he gets that look like, hmm. But it worked. Actually, John uh, John turns to Sid and goes, trust me, it was the right decision. There you go. Even better. <laughs> Even better. Get to him in a minute. I'll save him. Okay. Well, we'll see. He hit you. You definitely hear a thump outside, but we won't go Hollywood and say it hit the car because it it missed him by about eight to 10 feet, but he definitely fell hard right through the window. Okay. So right. we can call that. He's gone for the moment. All right. So we'll go. So that's the bottom of the order. No, boom, boom, boom. Trust me. That was the right call. Smash through the window. Catherine. Faye is wrestling with Aveline's spare arm. Yep. I am preparing the hypodermic. Do I need to make a roll? Give me a medical check. I mean, you're just making sure you're not going to over drug okay. because of the nervousness, but you're, you're pretty calm. Uh, 57. That's a success. Yeah. So it's well and within success. Aveline, mm-hmm. take another four points of damage. I am now at 14. Well, you're now at unconscious. So that's good. You're calm. You, she, where do you stick Yay. her in the neck? Yeah. Yeah, no nonsense. And you depress the plunger within a few moments. Face like, she's tearing my hair out. The fingers start to relax. The hand starts to, to slide away. She's able to let go of her. And Aveline is there, but you can still see she's not Whilst her chest is trying to, you know, draw air, she's still having a hard time. She she's blocked, so you're gonna have mm-hmm. to clear it right away. How far? Like it? She's up to the, yeah, to the she rib. Had her wrist, you know, in her mouth. Okay. But is her jaw relaxed enough now, or I can just pull? You you get it out with some wriggling. Okay. Some 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 scramble. 
There okay. is blood and uh, skin matter uh, under her fingernails because uh. she, was, she had been trying to reach down. Mm-hmm. And that's when she started to, right. it started to go down. So it tore her throat up. So Aveline, for the next 24 hours, you're going to be talking very hoarse. Um, okay. There was some damage there, but not a ton, but you definitely caused some bleeding. I'm going to do a check of, she was going for something in her throat. I'm going to make sure that there's, is there something in there? Are her airways still obstructed? Okay. You know, so, that's fine. so you start working mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. Faye, I, yeah. what do you want to do? I don't have medical, but I have first aid. Is there any way that I could add to this for like just perform any kind of first aid maybe you you stay with her and make sure everything's okay i mean Catherine's going to be able to get some of that damage back for her and help her get calmer but it listen two people will add a bonus if she's had any roles but right now you're she's aveline is calm like the the morphine was definitely a a smart move to make that shot all right gentlemen so uh we'll go to to john this time john uh, because we'll alternate the 40s um john the two women are there Again, on the table, Reese is all splayed out. Yeah, some of his. I um, I, I look around. Is there is there a um, is there a blanket or anything like that? Um, maybe maybe drapes, something yep. like that. Yeah, the ones they were tearing up aren't fully shredded yet, so you can grab some drapes and put it over them. Yeah, so I, I kind of grab something to be able to wrap around the mother and daughter to help. You know, if they're going into shock or anything of that nature. And to start trying to comfort them and pull them a little bit away from the, the, the scene of, you know, everything that's going on with Aveline and obviously the dead bodies around and such. And, yeah, of course, you, their husband and father. Yeah, you're able to do that. You, you know, you start covering the body. Uh, Sid, what are you going to do? Because you guys are about the same, you know, almost a t- simultaneous type movement stuff. What are you doing, Sid? I'll tell him. I'll be right back. Because well, they already have everything in control. I want to run out and I want to see who's under the Anubis mask because I want to see if there is a relation between the guy that was running this and Percival Reese that I might be aware of. Okay. So there's nothing really more that I can do in the room at the moment. He's covering over what is left of the soon-to-be mummified Percival Reese. Right. Um, they're taking – there's two people already on top of Aveline, so there's, there's no need there. So I think that's a smart play is I'll run downstairs. And um, I'll try to identify him or see see if I know him at all or okay. if I've heard of him. So, so you go running down the stairs. You know, you take the, the the closer staircase to the back of the house, and you make your way down. You get into the the grand hall. You go flying out, and as you, uh, he's still lying there, the 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 mask is is cracked. Some form of plaster mask, you know, um, done. It was modern, but right. definitely done in a, in an ancient looking style. But it's all you know, it's broken, oozing out from the side of the mask where his head slammed into the ground and. Three bullet holes of fairly good size and two in his chest, one in his shoulder. He's definitely dead. As far as recognition of him, you've never seen him before. He's not related to any place that Percival or I would have. No. Okay. Okay. All right. And um, I, I ruffle through his person to see if there's anything on him that we can use for clues or anything like that. No, his the robes again, uh, like you had mentioned, you know, in, in most ritual s- situations, they're going to the, the robes are going to be directly in con- contact with the skin. You're not, no, I'm thinking more of anything he's wearing around his neck, possibly any sort of pendant, any rings on his fingers, something that might be helpful to us, okay, in some, in some other way. All right, so are do you have resourceful? It's a, it would be a skill overall for your character. It would, you would be resourceful, hard-blooded, 
a cold-blooded, hard, hard-boiled is another one. There's a bunch of them that set up a pulp character. Who, who's uh, the resourceful two here? Catherine and Faye, right? Yes. So I don't think you do, Sid. Okay. What, so, what is that? I'm, I'm not familiar with that uh, terminology yeah. you're using. Yeah, John, you would have been. Um, oh no, I am resourceful. Sorry, I have oh, weird science oh. and resourceful. So at in the on the character sheet, John, if it, I know you have an, an older style, it's I thought challenge. I thought we had for you um, assigned. Let me think if I remember. Oh, there's an overall style of. Pl- so what resourceful does is it gives you a chance to find something in the in a surrounding area if what you need. So it's like um, a piece of luck. Like, oh, if I only had duct tape. Oh, I don't have duct tape, but here's a sock, and it's got elastic in it. Uh, it kind of does something like that. I thought with yours, you were hard-boiled because you had been in the war, we had said. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. – we'll talk yeah, – I, do. I don't have any note about that, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, let's uh, – at the break, we'll make sure we go through, and, and I'll give you any chance – any adjustments if they're not there. Awesome. So you have resourceful. So yeah. move the mask around – and, you know, you look inside, there's nothing there. But you do, as you're looking him over, you have a sense that he's been bound. His, his, there's, there's scars on his wrist and discolored skin. And also you see a lot of scrapes and bruises on the upper parts of his arms. Um, they and they sound like, like a mummy. Fresh. Could be. That kind of thing, like arms binded to your side? Mm-hmm. Could be. All right, I look, at, I look at his legs to see if there's the same sort of marking on his legs. Uh, on one ankle, yeah. One ankle is discolored. There's definitely some callousing, some uh, some abrasion damage on the one on, on his right leg. Okay, so back upstairs. John, do you get the women out of the room? I try to usher them, you know, yep. see if they'll see if they'll stand up under, you know, coercion and, you know, with my arm around, you know, around them sort of try, see if I can usher them out of the room at all. OK, yeah, they they want as much as they loved their husbands and father. This is not a place they want to be at the moment. Like this is there's too much carnage. There's blood on walls. There's bullet holes. They they saw more than they could that they could handle. This was not something they were ever prepared for in their worst nightmare. So you're able see to if, see. Uh, like, you know, see the hallway that leads down yep. to the other parlor. See if, you know, if there's a a couch to lay the, the child out on okay. um, to, to, to cover her and where I might be able to start, you know, see if see if uh, see if the uh, uh, person Reese's wife is is in any way, you know, up to any sort of questioning. OK, so, yeah, you get them you get them into a in, into a comfortable seating area in the actually the green parlor is there. Like you said, you you bring them there. You you put a blanket over her, some sort of a throw or something, a knitted crocheted, whatever. They're sitting there and she's like, do, do I know you? Who are you? All you need to know right now is that I'm a friend. Why are they? Who are those men? What, why are they here? Why would they do this to him? Can you tell me what happened? We were. Uh, I don't even know where we were sitting. We were in the I think I was in the parlor. and. We heard the sound of the bell at the front of the door, and the next thing I know, men were, were were coming in, and they had already grabbed Reese. And I I I I was trying to to hold them off. I I grabbed the an implement from the fireplace, and I started swinging, and I caught one of them, but I didn't hurt him as badly as I had hoped. And and he took the the the, the, the poker from my hand, and the next thing I know, we were being dragged in, uh, upstairs, and they they were one man went and started preparing our bringing things in to the chapel and then they then they brought us upstairs and they they locked us in the the room but they and then she starts just breaking down she goes into as far as she can she lets you know her name is constance 
she says that that's when they, you know, Reese was begging for their lives. He was doing everything he could. And she said, but, you know, the woman wouldn't listen. She was at the top of the stairs. She tried to reason with the man in the Anubis mask, but in the end, they he said it had to be done and she agreed. And that's when she walked down away. She left us there and I kept screaming for her, please, ma'am, don't, please, miss, don't leave us, don't leave us. She had a wild look in her eye and she just, the, the woman that I was pleading with for the life of my daughter and my husband, she turned and walked away and said, then so be it. Awas is watching. That's what she says. Then, then they started chanting and then they, and then they cut him and they started taking him apart. And she just goes right. totally off the deep end. The daughter is catatonic. Catatonic. I, I ask her one more time. I, I, you know, I try to comfort her and calm her down and ask her, I know this is hard. Do you recall, did it seem like Mr. Reese recognized them at all? Did he call anybody by name? Did he seem at all to know who any of these men were? No, no. He, he kept, as a matter of fact, he kept saying to the man and with the tall, with, with the head of a, the jackal thing that, you know, he kept saying, who are you? Who are you? Why are you doing this to us? Why are you here? We don't have anything from the museum. He thought that they may have been here for theft or, but then it turned, it turned grisly and oh my God. And she grabs her daughter and just, you know, they, she starts crying. The little girl has nothing in her eyes. She's somewhere far, far away. I tell her to, uh, I tell her to just, you know, be still care for her daughter. She's safe now. And um, I step across the room to kind of give them some space. And so I can have an eye down the hallway back to the uh, back to the bedroom where everybody else is. But I stay in the room. Okay. She screams out as you as you start backing away. Don't leave us. Please don't leave us. Please. I'm not going anywhere. So, uh, ladies, Aveline is calm. She is okay. The uh, You walk over quickly to the window looking at Reese. Reese, there's absolutely no chance. You okay. look down. You see Sid look up, shake his head like, this guy ain't going anywhere. He's gone. So what do you want to do now? How do you want to proceed? Aveline is, I mean, the the, the cuts in her throat, I I can't really give her anything for those. Like, the most you could do is, like, water. Like, I can't. I'm not, full disclosure, listeners, I have zero medical experience at all. That's fine. So, so yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's going to be honey and tea, things that are therapeutic for her throat. Things that are going to soothe yeah. the throat. But she's drugged. She's okay. The any damage to her hand itself would be superficial. We can tend to that later. Right. The little girl who is out catatonic. Uh huh. I'm gonna go to her. Okay. So you make your way down the yeah. hallway towards. Make your way down the hall. Yeah. Faye, what are you doing? I'm very interested in all of the because there were artifacts in the chapel, right? Mm-hmm. Those strange things. I'm very interested in investigating those and seeing if maybe I recognize anything from either my past adventures or something that I read about. Um, but I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable leaving Aveline here. Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to do is I'm going to go down, but before I do, I'm just going to call out the window to sit and just say like, Hey, like I want to go investigate the chapel. Can you just keep an eye on Aveline up here? She's out. She's okay. But just in case she wakes up and she's confused, I don't think that she should wake up in this area. Alone. Faye, I'll, Faye, I'll be, I'll be in the next room. I'll be keeping an eye on her. She's, she's gonna be out for a while. She's a, like, I, I, she'll be okay. Catherine, do you think we should like move her? I can help you move her either into. I just don't think that she should. In, I don't think any of us should be in here. If you wanna pick her up and 
you know, sling her over here, that's fine. But she's she's okay where she is. Oh, the, she's you. good. Thank Just you. sling her around. Listeners, the motivation for that is Catherine is a World War One nurse, combat nurse, like a triage mentality. She's fine. Move on. Next thing. I'll come back. <laughs> Okay. It's your medical. That, that's your medical advice. I'm not going to argue. I'm not a nurse, so I go down into the chapel and I want to investigate and see uh, what I can find. Okay. You remember, if you remember correctly, there was a black cloth in here that they had set up. Some things were different. There was um, the cross had been taken off the wall. There was candles burning. Pretty much that that was what they had found. If you want to give me now that you're taking the full time, if you want to give me a spot hidden, do not make it. Okay. So. Even though, you know, you didn't make the roll, you, you're, that has nothing to do to shake your confidence. You kind of go, well, you know, the pews have been like disorder, you know, disorganized and moved to make way like they were going to be carrying something in here eventually. But as far as you can see, the only, the only real strangeness besides taking the cross and everything was they were preparing the, this, this holy space for something probably not holy. Now, how interpreting you want to interpret that, but it was considered a special space. And they were going to use it for something, but you really aren't getting a vibe as to what. Sid and John, give me uh, an idea check, which is intel, please. Success for me? Yep. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, it's clearly a success. Sid, downstairs, a thought comes to you. Well, it's a hard success. It's not a, uh, what do you call it? That's fine. Yeah, uh, it didn't require much. R-E-K. Rose, Edith, Edith Kelly. Kelly. R-E-K. It's in yeah. your head. I was going to tell you that since I was outside, the initials um, on I the started, key. I right. started thinking about where did she go as we ran away, and whether it was possible to maybe go off in that direction that she was running to see if I couldn't find her. I don't know. Okay, so R E K. I, I caught the uh, I caught the initials, but I'm not going to say anything right now because I yeah. I still don't know this. Right? They've just come into the room. We're all well. No, when they well, yes. At this point, you're still yes. So yeah, that's true. So. R.E.K. Sid to you reminds you of, of Kelly outside. So right. you go buzzing back. You want to head back towards the woods to try to locate her is what you want to do? Yeah, it sort of works together because that's what I was going to do in my turn to say it. Now that I'm outside, I'm like, wait a minute. What happened to that woman and where did she go? Um, so everything else was was basically being taken care of inside. This would be a good time to see if I could track her down. Okay. Maybe drag drag her back somehow. All right. It's it is very dark outside, so there's gonna be a you know it's gonna be a little hard for the roll. Do you have a tracking at all? I just have the ten in tracking. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll leave it at that for now. It's that's a tough roll. Go ahead and get, see if you can pick up any scent of where she is. No, it's mess. Do you want to spend the four points of luck? Yeah, that's not bad. I have sixty five. So okay, you know sixty one. I'll do it. All right. It. So you you pick up footprints. But it's very clear that they head off deep into the woods, and you you follow for a few minutes. You're not trying to get too far away from your your friends right now. Not sure if people are coming back to collect this group or what's going on. But the the woods empty out into another field, and th that goes all the way down to the main road. So this she's she definitely came out into the field. After that, it's just acres and acres of open space. And then, you know, maybe three quarters of a mile away, you you know, you know, the road is in that direction back the road that would head back out of town. Right. So okay. th th who knows where she went at that point? OK, she clearly stumbled away. OK, so in the next 30 minutes or so, Catherine has given whatever concoctions she can give to the mother and daughter. They're calmed down. Sid comes back. Aveline is still very, very druggy. 
sort of half in, half out. She's fading in and out a little bit. But you've all regathered. And we're going to say that you've regathered in the living room downstairs. Is that okay with everybody? Well, the mother and daughter are upstairs, right? Yeah, you, you can, you, you're able to get them down into a – I mean, eventually okay. the police are going to have to be called. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's yeah. part of what we need to figure out what we're going to do. Exactly. So everybody gets themselves – I'm still in the themselves... altar room because I'm not awake, right? No, no. They, they, they came seen... up, carried you We down. will have carried her away. Yeah. yeah. No, no. And you're – and again, your, your breathing is calm. She definitely knocked you with a shot. I mean, morphine can be very strong, but she was she's a nurse. She knows what to give you to – knock you out for you know your body weight she made a good estimate so yeah no you'll be you're coming around but you're still groggy that's when everybody is in the together in either the dining room or, well, what's the library that makes the most sense it's close to library. the library yeah fine okay so the, the two women are in the back they're starting to doze off Aveline's starting to come around a Trust. little bit everybody gets together and now the group i guess will retell each other their tale so this is when uh faye would faye explains about the chase outside running into Rose Edith Kelly, who she's, you know, recognizes from the newspapers and from all the publicity and stuff from the United States and in London that at some, you know, the different papers that she was the first wife of Aleister Crowley. Inside, they, the team, you know, relates to the other team that there was the gunfight and how they all came upon each other. And unless somebody has other things to add to that quick synopsis with one another, that takes about 15 to 20 minutes. So it's now closing in on 9.30, 10 o'clock. Somewhere in that time. This may not need to get, like, you know, RP'd out. But then if Faye drops the name Awas, I heard that the the night of the gala. We were, I was at the gala and I heard a whisper. Somebody said Awas. So it's all, it all goes back to that gala. If there's a connection, what is Awas? Does anybody know? I have to research that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't want to meta, I don't want to metagame. I, I know, but the character doesn't know. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to metagame it. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to look back as soon as I get to the hotel room and look through either my books or whatever. But I don't know. I'm just as clueless as you. Okay. So how do we want to start handling the police, the situation? Aveline, now that they've talked about what happened upstairs, you're back awake. You're coming around. Do we need to be here when the police arrive? Is that is that imperative? Uh, That's not a have, bad we idea. Have a, we have a rental car. We could probably, you know. And we were at the scene of a, a, we were just at the scene of another death. This may not look so good. Yeah, but it also may not look good if we flee a crime scene either, especially because like they'll know you by name. They'll know Catherine by name. They'll probably know me by name because Percival probably talked about all of us. So I think it'll look worse if we flee the scene. We have witnesses attesting that we're okay. As we're going over the plan, I take a minute to run down to the kitchen and bring Aveline some tea, get her started on that. She's probably very hoarse and uncomfortable. Okay. Is the guy in the kitchen going to help you make that tea? Because he's probably awake by now. Oh. Uh, he's, we're going to give him a quick little, see what he's got here. I'll just, he we're going to give I'll, him what he gets. I'll pistol there. whip him again. It's fine. Okay. So, Listen, Jesus. So his Stop skull, giving him head injuries. His skull takes another concussion. And yes, you're able to, Routine. Do you want to attempt to fix Sid? Do you want to get the lights back on? Yeah, I'll work on the lights. That's fine. So we're in the kitchen making a making a brew, fixing the lights. Fixing the lights. I'll need a flashlight. Am I only in the room? Am I only in the room with Faye? I think you're alone with Reese, aren't you? With the husk? No, that you. No, have we've brought you. Alone. We've brought you down. <laughs> the husking. Ugh. No, yeah, I'm staying with Aveline because I don't think that she should be alone right now, especially because no, She's in, my, in the body. I don't 
know why she shoved her whole fist down her throat. So, you know, I don't know if she's going to try to do that again. Why, in case anything else scary happens. I usher Faye over with my hand, like, because I can't talk very loud. Um, I go over and I just kind of assume you're laid out on some kind of a setting. <laughs> I'm, get- I'm, I'm getting up probably sooner than I probably should be. I'm, get- I'm woozy still from the morphine. You know, I come over and I, I kind of move. Okay, Faye, give me an intelligence check. Uh, that is a is, uh, off from a uh, critical success. That is okay, a hard. Faye. So you are standing in what room? Library. She's with me in the. She's with me. In the library of a man who runs the what branch of the museum? Egyptology. Okay, so waiting to go home to your few books that you're able to pack in your suitcase might not be as advantageous as searching the library of this particular gentleman who's been deeply involved with it almost as long as you've been born. No, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I think before she goes off on this that's little a great idea. I'll of... do it as soon as um, I figure out what's going on with Avalon. Yeah. That is a, that's a very, I forgot what, uh, I forgot what department he, the head of so thank yeah, no you no problem yep um okay so aveline go ahead what did you need i i like i say i'm really sorry what did i do don't remember anything that you just did upstairs sort of i her voice is obviously hoarse i'm not gonna keep doing that but um well, sort I, of, I just i felt my eyesight was going black for a second i just saw red spots and i felt somebody grab me and i tried to pull on them or something i don't know what it, i don't know who exactly who it was well, when I came into the room, uh, you had your whole hand shoved down your throat doing God knows what, and I had to wrestle you. Thanks Did for pulling my hair, by the way. There was something in my throat. There was something in me. Sweetheart, there was nothing in your throat, except for your it's own your, hands. It's your fist. Son of a bitch. I need a phone. I need a phone. They're, they have a phone. You can barely talk. Can I help you make a call? You need to call. Yeah. I can give them a call. Have we phoned the police yet? Not yet, but I think I think one of them is is in, they're all in the kitchen right now. I think Catherine's making you tea. Sid is probably making. He's probably calling the cops. I have no idea, but Sid, make me I, a make me a mechanical roll for that or electrical, whatever you have. Uh, mechanical repair. You can just use yep. that. Is there an electric? Sure. Either one. Yeah, there is electric repair. We'll do electric repair. It makes more sense, I guess. Yes, it's a that's a success. So. The power miraculously comes back on. The lights in the in the library come on. The whole house starts to light up. Sid takes off the heavy rubber glove that he had put on for safety. I need I need a phone. There is a phone in the library on the, on the desk. I'll call the cops. You tell everybody else. Okay. That's basically what I say. Okay, so Faye, you're gonna go over to the kitchen real quick and just let everybody know that Aveline's making a phone call to the police. Okay, Aveline, what's up? What are you trying to do? Uh, I'm going to attempt to call my contact in the police. That okay. way we have like a friend who is the one taking care of the crime scene. Okay. If I remember correctly, two days ago, he was working the morning Christopher shift. Christopher Beeks it was the right. London beat cop. But he was working the morning shift, yes? You met him in the morning. Right. Yes. But that was a- and it's London. This is an hour and a half outside of London. What are you trying to do with that? What are you doing? I just... Is there anybody at the club who I know who could help?
help us get this crime scene secure without us getting incriminated or possibly yes. held. Okay, then Contact. I will call. You can call Gustav. Gustav? Oh, Gustav? I, this is a Gustav it's, moment? It could be. All right, I got to get in touch with my Gustav boy. <laughs> phone, okay, the phone rings once. If this Before the second ring is completed. Yes, madam. Gustav, we have a situation. I tell I him the place. I tell him the house. There's um, there's a man. There's several men dead, and I need somebody I can trust to handle the crime scene and make sure that we are not blamed for this. We, the people that I have brought with me to search the house, they were not involved in this heinous crime. I just need somebody I can trust to help me get this all cleaned up. It will take some time to dispatch people to arrange for that, madam. Were there any witnesses? The wife and the daughter, but the wife is in distress. The daughter is not speaking at all, and obviously the people I traveled here with. I tell him their first names and how I know how I'm like a, kind of associated with them. Like I met them all at a gala, and we've had a crazy twist of fate that we've gotten to this point. I would suggest removing yourself from the scene, madam, and we will take. I will make sure to arrange for people to clean things up. I will do that. Thank you, Gustav. Okay, phone disconnects. Now you have the ability that you can tell everybody that the police were called, Kayla, if you wish. Aveline can make that announcement to the team. The police will definitely be there. It's going to take a little bit of time. But how you want to present that they don't have to leave and stay and make statements, that's entirely up to you. Everybody is uh, sitting in the kitchen with the man with the broken uh, orbital uh, on the right-hand side, <laughs> the two teeth missing, Oof. the black guy, and the boot mark across the center of his face. They're all sipping tea, and Aveline walks in and says, Where are the, uh, Where's the mother and daughter? They're in the library sleeping on the settee. Is that tea ready yet? Oh, dear. Tea with some lemon, you know, some honey. All we can do for you at the moment. Mm. It's what you get for trying to stick your hand in your mouth. There was something in me. No, there wasn't, dear. It was a, you were under the effects of a, like, a psychoactive drug. There was nothing in your throat. I don't care what you say, there was something grabbing my hand. And she looks visibly shaken, and her hand is balled into a fist as she takes a seat at the, I guess, island in yeah. the middle of the kitchen or something. Like, she's she's not well. Right. She's not well. Some, that, something about that really disturbed her. So. Okay. okay. Well, let's not make any more fists. Uh, let's drink your tea. Put your hands on the teacup. That'll help. Yeah, um... I will try, but the police are coming. <coughs> Could you call the police? I did. They need what'd you to know. What'd you say? That there has been a murder and that the assailants have been neutralized. That's a kind way to put it. What else do you want? Well, we need to get our stories straight. We need to get our story straight because this has potential to really blow back on us. Back in and... London, people are already looking at you, schoolie. Or actually, it was just that fake cop. Yeah, I don't think that's going to... There was any veracity to that. Plus, we're out in the country now, so this is going to be some sort of country constable we're dealing with now. A lot has happened. They want us to make uh, They want us to make our way out of the scene and back into the city so that the local Metropolitan Police Department can do the work that they do with these kinds of cases. Wouldn't they want us to give statements? I mean, we were here. We saw everything. We... They have certain people coming to clear away the evidence, and if they fear that we might tarnish it further by walking around and just doing what we're doing right now. 
Ooh, Kayla, so, that was a good answer. That was an interesting answer. Make a performance check for me. I have acting and Same persuade. Thing. Okay. Whichever one's better. Suede? Then... Did she say suede? Yes, she has suede. I have suede I have, boots. I have suede. I'm going to roll for suede. Ooh, I got a 39. That's under my 45 in acting. Okay, so you have a regular success. Okay, so unless, again, we're, we're, doing, we're dealing with smart people, but also you don't know each other super well yet. Obviously, the team is going to be a little bit hesitant about this, but for all intents and purposes, everyone here feels pretty confident. Unless something is jarring you differently, that she did call the police. Maybe the answer of why do we want us to leave? But she did say we don't want right. to. They don't want us tarnishing the scene. I gave my. I gave our names. They'll contact us if they need us. If anybody, well, what do we? What do we do with the the wife and daughter? Hmm. We can't. Yeah, leave we we shouldn't. Personally, that little girl was heavily into shock. Yeah. I don't feel. <laughs> quite comfortable leaving her they didn't say that we had to leave them here obviously we can take them wherever they would like if to a relative's house down the road they know their names i've given them the descriptions and they, they know what they're dealing with they just want to make sure that everything is left untouched otherwise i told them what happened as best i could that we intercepted the ritual where whatever it is they were doing up there and we neutralized them Made them, they made them no longer threats, and they just want to have a look through the scene before they talk to us, and they want us to leave, and that'll probably be later tomorrow. So there's no point in us staying here any longer. Right, but if we don't stay any longer, who stays with the kids until they get here? She's saying that in the car, you could take them to a friend's or a neighbor's house. That's what she just said. All right. Well, before we go anywhere, I want to have a look at the library because. Anne was the head of the Egyptology department at the museum. He's got to have something here, either with what we heard or where I went in that vision thing. Real quick side note, the book that the bookkeeper had for me originally, did Percival Reese have it in his possession, and would it no, be here? It, you don't know if Percival Reese had it in his possession, but he never mentioned to you that he had it. He okay. said they were bringing it. Okay, well, I I'm going to go library and see if i can find any information whatsoever okay so does anybody feel confident enough to move the woman and child into the car based on abilene's description yep can i ask you a question out of character sure okay so was the persuade in game strong enough to make us feel compelled then no because it just it it sounds you know like yeah like like We, we call the cops and say we just killed some people at this house that were doing bad stuff and they're like yeah go ahead go on home We'll call you later. <laughs> yeah, no, the, um, the the persuade was enough that it, it wasn't so unplausible and unbelievable that everybody just went in where their hackles went up on edge. Like she's trying, she's making it up. You believe that she made the call. You believe that maybe they even said to her that, <laughs> you know, that she gave names and tried to explain it. But you're also not, it wasn't a critical success. Compelled would have had to been harder critical and then you would have been able to comp- try to uh, compete role against it. Yeah. All you feel right now is, is that she's telling you what she did and giving you, relaying the best she can, what she think, you know, what you believe she heard. It, it, if it doesn't make sense to you, your, your argument's not with her. It's the fact, why would the cops say something like that? You know what I mean? You're not saying that she doesn't, that, that she's lying to you. You're wondering why the cops are behaving the way they are more than anything else. I, I, I totally agree. And with our experience that we've had in the last day with right. the police, you know, I got to say to everyone, I, I'm feeling very uneasy. We've had some really strange and downright nefarious interactions with the police and authorities in the last day. 
them telling us to leave seems odd. Yeah, it sounds like they want to clear us out of here, cover up I something. Don't, I, don't need, I, I don't need any more deaths being blamed on me. <laughs> I definitely, I, no, I understand. I'm also not really feeling that comfortable leaving here because, you know, this is another person involved, and I don't know if I feel comfortable. It, it, it frankly seems a little more suspicious if we leave. I mean, uh, you know, the, the wife and daughter corroborate everything that went on. It's not like... You know, this is this is easily this is easily solved. Why don't we just call the police if they said for us to leave? We'll at, like we'll we'll leave. We'll I told call you them. I just called them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aveline, yeah. Aveline talked to them. So this is the way we this is the way we can do this. Faye, go ahead and give me a role in the library. Use uh, a library skill or a history skill to look for books that may or may not set you off at this point. The rest of you, how long would you wait? Let's do it this way. How long would you wait for the police? to arrive before you started feeling like something was really amiss. Remember, you're in the middle of the country. Yeah. You know, the two hours, maybe? Two to three, I, two I to three hours. Would be sooner than that. It was an hour and a half for us to drive here from London. The constable's going to be easily within 15 or 20 minutes away. And he's at home. Right. It's nighttime. So, yes. Yeah. So, right. You, so, yeah. How right. long? An hour? An hour. Okay. An hour would be suspicious that they haven't shown up for me. Okay. That's what I would yep. Before any of that occurs... I turned to Catherine. You really want to call them? You really want to call them? Because I'll give you the number that I use. Direct line to one of the constables. It seems crazy that they would just want us to pick up the these traumatized people, remove them from their home, and leave the scene. No questions, no nothing. And, and okay. So did, she's all, she, hands go, you the, she hands you the piece the, of paper with a number on it. It said, this is well, the number I called. I, we, I believe you called them. I just think we should stay here and wait for them. If she wants to be sure that we have to leave, we should leave. But, like, what do you want me to do? They told us, they told me that in order to preserve what is left of this crime scene after all of our rummaging, they need to go through it before we can be questioned. And they didn't tell us to leave town. They just said, leave the house. And you can, and I suggested we could drop we could like bring the wife and daughter to a place of safety out of friends, a neighbors, a relatives that lives in this village. That's where I think it makes sense. But if you are, I do believe you are also correct in fearing. So if you want, please give them a call. I gave you the number. I call. Phone rings once. Phone rings a second time. Almost a second time. Madam. Um, who am I speaking with? This is Michael. How can I help you? Oh, Michael. Are you employed with the Tunbridge Wells Police Department? Yes, I am, ma'am. How can I help you? Well, did you just speak to a did you just speak to a young woman on the phone about an incident, a robbery at a at a nearby home? No, ma'am, but my superior did. My captain is en route as we speak. He said that there had been an incident up at the at person at the Reese house. Is there something like are you in danger? Is there something I can help you with? Oh, Michael, merely wondering why your supervisor would ask crucial witnesses to leave a crime scene. Ma'am, it sounded as if the person who called it in was a little bit in distress themselves. I believe he was just trying to separate the situation and keep the scene as intact as possible. Thank you, Michael. You've been very helpful. Hang up the phone. I guess we're leaving. So as you're walking out with everyone, a police wagon, a larger size wagon, pulls up with 
three police officers. One is dressed more like a you know a regular plainclothes officer, and two are dressed as cops. They see that you have the the wife and mother, and they you were trying to escort them over towards the car, but you hadn't made that distance yet. So they got there right around an hour and thirty minute mark. Everybody was squabbling. Things were going back and forth. He walks up and says, "Who's Aveline Hammond?" This is all long and short stuff. They do take information from you. Everything before they say anything, yep. I'm like, I'm so, with all due respect, officer, can yep. I see some credentials, please? Absolutely, he does show. Considering you. what happened earlier in the yeah. day, absolutely. No, no, no. So, uh, John, go ahead and make a spot hidden roll. Um, yeah, that's a critical. The credentials look good. However, the one definitely, the one that you're looking at definitely does say that he is attached to London, that he's a London officer. You're able to catch that on the side, on the badge as he looks. But everything, including the ID, is dead on act. As, as far as you know from what you, you know, what you know of, of ID marks, because you're from Lisbon, you really haven't been in London long or, or much and had, the, the one cop never even showed you one. But his ID card is, is typed, the form looks perfect. His badge looks authentic, it's metal. But you definitely catch that yeah. there is the symbol of London somewhere or the word London on the badge. So I, I kind of look at him quizzically and I say, what is a London officer doing out here in the country? Actually, sir, I was called out immediately by after the phone call was received. We rushed out here as fast as we could. Towns this size normally don't do murder investigations on their own. And that seems like a plausible answer to me. They probably don't. You Looking around this town as you walked it, drove in, they probably don't get a lot of murders. But I'm still curious why there's not a local constable on the scene <laughs> understood so what's your do you have a law do you, what's your law no, rating not, not not anything to speak okay so um, then okay so i'll t- so i'll take that i'm okay yeah i All ask right. him uh, what what would you like us to do with the wife and daughter do you do you want to take care of her from here officer or yes we'll call we'll call for uh for the local doctor in the village to come and and to help her out we appreciate you if you that you were going to re, you know relocate her and everything but we're here now um, I'll have my one of my men upstairs. They'll start start bringing everything down once we take a good look around, take some pictures. And one guy does have a camera p- case as he's walking in. So, I mean, it, it looks like he's prepared to do some work. But the, again, there's only three of them. So they're going to be here quite some time. But he said that he'll phone in to get the, the, the village doctor up here right away to, to, to check on them and, and make them comfortable. And I feel completely at ease then leaving, leaving the wife and daughter in the charge of, of these. There is, people. at this point, with the exception of the fact that it's awkward how they're letting you go without statements again, that part, you don't, I, you don't get any, again, you get nothing, no vibe from them that there's anything bad. This is just cops from out of town coming in to do their job. Again, there's only three of them, but it's in the, you know, it's getting late at night. They made their, they flew out here because she didn't call till almost nine thirty quarter to 10. So you're talking about by now it's almost midnight. They showed up with what they showed up with. All right. I don't feel good about it, but okay. Yeah, no, the explanation isn't a hundred percent. I give you that, and you know your character can, is leery. Um, I'm just saying, with everything that we've had gone on in this day, within yep. you know within the last with with in this span of this day and of our experiences, yep. You know, this day, I, I, it just seems odd. And then anything that would seem odd would be like, I want to protect this woman. She's just been, you know, possibly, yep. uh, you know, we just saved her from being a victim of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I just feel I feel weird that I would be handing her off to something that seems odd. Aveline would go, excuse us for a moment, officers, and she would grab John by the shoulder and go, I need to speak with you, Catherine, and Sid while Faye is in the library. Can can I have a moment of your time? Or nod. Okay. Kayla, you can I'm gonna type you a message. Make me an idea check. 
for your character because I think this is your best way of handling this now that I think about it. Ooh, yay. Just made a hard success of 36. Uh, my intelligence is 75. So idea would be intelligence, right? Yep. I'm so I made a hard second. Okay, good. I pull John like to the side of the house basically because we're outside. We're well, you're, you can be anywhere you want to be. You, yeah, you're in the main yeah, foyer. Yeah, we're outside I talking mean... to the police. So I pull him over and I go, John, why are you so hesitant? These guys, these guys are the good guys. With what we've experienced with the police today, you're not hesitant? I understand that, but we can't be suspicious of everybody that comes our way. We have to at least believe that someone is out there is trying to help us. And I believe, I pull out from my pocket the Cobalt Club symbol and I go, I believe that you and I need to trust each other a little bit. I'm sorry, so, she pulled out a Cobalt Club symbol? Correct. She has a ring that she was not wearing, but it is in her purse. She pulls it out and slips it on her finger. It is definitely the symbol of the Cobalt Club. And I, I have my you. ring on. Yes. She identified you with your ring on. She had hers off. She, know, she knows that you're a member. Not of her branch, obviously, but that you're, you're, you're not a local, but you're a member. And I, I see the ring, and I'm very confused. I, um, I offer a, uh, a passphrase to confirm. And she, and she nails it. Uh, I'm like, are you locally affiliated? Yes, London. So, so you know Mr. Beddoes? Yes, I do. And Mr. Beddoes understands that what I am trying to do is keep all of you out of prison. Because any all country constable, all, all of you out of prison, if any country constable saw this, they wouldn't believe us, no matter what the wife said. She's well, in distress. It, She's you in don't denial. need to say anything more, Abilene. I understand. But, um, you know, in the future... You know, if you're if you're acting on club business, just simply tell me. All this cloak and dagger nonsense is uh, is not needed. Fair enough. Just please stop hounding these poor men and let them do their work. <laughs> hounding the poor men. <laughs> that, I don't think he was hounding them, but that's okay. <laughs> he was trying to. He's trying to protect the wife and child, and I totally get it. Uh, th- this could have been played a little smoother if the ring had been produced earlier on scott so i don't i don't think that was the that might have been just a a faux pas of you know the the timing but yes she's definitely she's cobalt club she answers the question directly the phrase the pit the catchphrase she when you look at her there's no doubt she knows beddoes if that puts your mind at a little bit more of ease then that's a good thing no absolutely if uh if, if if she's uh I, you know, at that at the point that she identifies herself as the Cobalt Club, I I will anything that she's been trying to uh, trying to insinuate and yep. to coerce us into doing, I'm fine with. She can okay. explain more later. I'm I'm good to go. That just leaves Catherine, who's a little bit hesitant. But Catherine, you see Sid saying the cops are from out of town. That sort of makes sense to him. You now have John Schooley saying, "I believe it's going to be okay." I spoke to the officers. Aveline's going along with it, so. We'll leave Catherine has sort of been outvoted a little bit here, but now there's three voices of reason explaining this bizarre situation. So she's assuaged. Okay. All right. So let's go over to Faye. I still feel assuaged. (laughs) I feel assuaged. Okay. (laughs) Faye, you rolled a, you rolled a 44. What, what's your, how is that as a, is that a success? Uh, Yeah, I did it under history. So it's a success. AWAS, you're able to find. Uh, references to AWAS. AWAS was a fairly modern thing that occurred. Back in about 10, 15 years ago, Rose Edith Kelly 
claimed in a book called the Book of Law that she heard the voice of Awas while they were while she and Crowley were on their honeymoon. And Crowley writes in the Book of Law that the voice was first heard by Rose, but spoke in an angelic tongue and gave them secrets, dark secrets, secrets of Egypt and all these other practices. It it kept telling them about Heru Ra, uh, which you know, you know to be Horus, the, you know, Hail Horus, Horus the Lightbringer, and that Awas, Rose kept saying they're watching. Awas is watching. They're always watching. That's what she kept repeating. But during that, Crowley said, I heard the angel talk, the, this angelic voice talk to me. I heard the secrets of Awas. I know what Awas was speaking of. And he writes about this all very succinctly in the Book of Law. Now, you don't find the Book of Law. What you find are, uh, it's a book that uh, in uh, Reese's own personal script, talk, speaking about Awas and Crowley and how does this tie in to the barge and what does it mean? And he believes that, it, at first, he believes it's all a hoax, but as they go deeper in through his notes, as you're paging through them, you definitely get a feeling that Percival Reese was beginning to f strongly believe that Crowley didn't just lock up Rose for infidelity. He locked her up because he was afraid that she might reveal the fact that he was a fraud and that she knew and she had been told the true prophecies and all the secrets from Awas. Okay, so... As far as, you know, cleaning up the scene of the house, we now know that things are going to be okay. Everyone piles into the car and you make your way back towards London. A neighbor does eventually come as you're leaving to collect the mother and daughter. Everything's, you know, the doctor's with them. They, they're going to check on them. They're going to make sure they're safe and secure. This will all be delayed. Names will be delayed long enough uh, for the next few days that it won't hit the papers right away. Things are going to be, pressures will be applied. Things will be moved around. So, it's bought you a few days worth of time. So on the trip back, Faye goes ahead and relates to the rest of the group what she found, that Percival Reese had been looking into this claim of Awas from Crowley's The Book of Law, that Crowley himself claimed that he heard the secrets and that Rose had just heard the initial whisper. Reese didn't believe that. Reese believed that Rose was in far more, was in, was really had more information than all that, that he had her put away, not just because of her dalliance, but because of all this. So you get everything that Faye Faye, are you holding anything back or you're good? You would tell the whole group. Right? I would tell everything. Okay. Yeah, so everything. that's the car ride. And that's on the way back. If anybody has any questions or anything, we'll pick it up as you're driving down the road or pulling into London. Uh, I want to thank my players again. I know this one was a little bit, a little bit weird, but we have a lot more to cover and I'm hopefully the information will lead us on a whole new direction by the time we're done with the next episode. So thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.